0: Welcome Welcome to to the the night night. with With your your host, Omar, Big Ol' Binwin.
1: Okay, so we got a big surprise today. Uh, so Mark walks in and he brings us a big box of chocolates from uh, uh, So Sweet by Marilyn, his wife. Uh, thanks a lot, Mark, for that one. No problem, man.
2: You can thank, uh, thank Marilyn. I, <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. If I made it, it'd be poisonous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you so much, Marilyn. We really appreciate that. So uh, today, of course, it's going to be a pretty interesting show. Um, we have two topics we're going to talk about. Uh, both of them are are. Uh, very interesting, but before we get into them, I'm uh, just curious to see how everybody else is doing, but uh, we got a special guest co-host uh, in the house tonight, uh, Angela Shabila, who uh, is a friend of ours, has been a friend of mine for, actually, we we grew up together back in Oak Park, uh, in the Oak Park days, back in the 80s and 90s, <laughs> she actually lived uh, on the same street that my aunt lived on. Omar, wait a minute, oh. hold on angie who i gotta ask you
2: something yes what's omar's monthly payment to make to see that you're his friend oh <laughs> i mean there's everybody has a payment plan i need that, to know
3: he is probably
4: right. they are one of the greatest families i've ever met honestly blast you know what? over the years i um, growing up in oak park and knowing them on a personal level it's been nothing but a blessing and to see what has come of Omar and what he's doing, I'm very, very proud to call him my
3: friend.
2: Okay, this means you there got you go. the $100 Visa Vanilla card this week
3: <laughs> to cover that statement. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, Omar's the best, man. That's why I got to harass him.
3: Yeah.
1: I appreciate that, guys. I, I really do. Horse put it, bro. Hey, bro. <laughs> Angela was actually uh, was actually a, a member of the parish council at Mother of God for about four years at one point. And... Um, You know, we thought today that considering the topic, it would be cool to to hear about it from from a female's perspective. And it's a big topic in the community. I mean, it's been going on for, you know, ages and ages, probably since the dawn of time, you know. Um, But other than that, how's everybody's week been so far?
4: Oh, my goodness. Tomorrow is my Friday. I cannot wait until tomorrow. (laughs)
1: Angela, tomorrow is only Thursday. I
4: know, but tomorrow is my Friday. I have a long weekend, so I'm off after tomorrow.
1: Oh, that's why you're calling. Yeah. Me. Oh, okay. yeah. there you go.
2: That so explains it's everything.
4: My, it's my Friday.
2: <laughs> I I got no complaints. Every day is a fun day. Every day is a good day. What the hell?
4: Definitely. Live it
2: up.
1: Yep. Mark, what's uh what's on sale at Heartland this week?
2: And all kinds of stuff. The whole store is on sale, dude. Just come on in and eat. That's it.
1: <laughs> and they definitely got <laughs> great food at Heartland too. You know. So, Thanks. Uh, but. Uh, we're gonna get into our, our discussion here um, the first the first hour we're gonna want to talk about like I said something that's been going on in the community since we can all remember and beyond that and beyond that and our grandfathers our great 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 grandparents all endured it went through it and uh, it's it's rumors and gossip you know and um, I think we've all been we've all taken part in it we've all maybe to a certain extent, have been around people who have been victims of it, um, and you know, the, the thing is, what what constitutes, what starts this kind of stuff, what what you know, what causes people to initiate, you know, fabrication to falsify things about others. Why, you know, it it does happen a lot. Um, you know, we don't know how much, obviously, but uh, you hear stories all the time. I mean, even our clergy have to deal with it.
4: Absolutely. Every you know, single
1: day. Oh yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's something that, that needs to be tackled and, you know, we're going to tackle it. Hopefully. let do it all. So the f- one funny th- thing that, that I, um, that I think of when, you know, just to start this off is, uh, cl- speaking of the clergy, I remember probably of about, uh, five years ago. Um, I walk in from Sunday mass and uh, junior comes up to me. He says, dude, father Frank's house was robbed. And I said, what? <laughs> he goes, what? father Frank's house was robbed. And I said, I have not heard anything like that. He goes, yeah. He goes, it just happened not too long ago. So I email father Frank and I says to him, Abuna, did your house get robbed? And he emails me back about 10 minutes later. He said, first time I heard of it.
2: <laughs> hey, wait a minute. How about the rumor that Father Frank has two or three kids on the East Side?
1: Not to <laughs> mention the ones in
2: California too. Oh, oh California! Yeah, yeah those two. I'm telling you, I, we've heard so many. Father Frank used to joke about it every yeah, time we. The
4: thing is, is that a person, as for me personally, I've been involved in the church for ten years, and and it's it's definitely somewhere where I find peace. And when you hear things like this, it hurts you because everything that people say is a reflection of you as a as a character. And when you hear that somebody could say about your bishop that it's on that level, people saying that he has children or past bishops I was not I've never that's the first I've heard that. I'll be honest with you about Bishop Francis but at the time it was about Bishop Ibrahim and I remember it was just it was it was a brutal brutal time where you just felt like there was a disconnect in the church at the same time and people were really falling into that and to those rumors, and they really believe stuff like that. It's just like, you know, these men sacrifice their life, and they give it to God, and that's what it's all about. And ultimately, we forget that. I think that's where the disconnect is. It's just they forget they're humans just like us.
2: So the bishop doesn't own a garbage company?
4: No.
3: I've heard about this. I was going to get a job with him, man. I heard he picks
2: up uh, Deerfield uh, and uh, Chelsea Park. Yeah, (laughs) I have not heard that. Oh, you never heard that one? That was the big one I was was to hear that.
4: Yeah, you know, the bishop, he owned a garbage company. The church, or they're really involved, you know, we learn to like disconnect all that. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just me as a person that I do that, but there's people that just fall
2: into that. You know what? It's so funny. Really, the rumor mill and all the other stuff is it's not really about the person they're talking about, it's about the insecurity of the person saying it most of the time you see people that are spreading rumors and doing things, there's something going on in their life. They're not happy about. So what better way to deflect what's happening to them than starting things about other people?
4: Yeah, Mark, I couldn't agree more. I think people that, that just reflects on people in general that have that time and that patience to say, Oh, let's just sit together and drink chai and talk about people or talk about their issues. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't agree more. I think that, you you have to lack somewhere in your life as far as character or knowledge or you're just bored to sit and just to gossip
1: you know um one one thing that like one uh particular rumor that you know generally speaking that that you know um happens over and over again maybe it's it's less lesson now but i i don't think so but Let's say a, a girl rejects a guy, right? And all of a sudden, he starts telling people that he slept with her. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, you get stuff like that. And it's like, are you really that insecure? You can't handle rejection, so you got to go and try to put somebody down? I mean, hey, look, if somebody rejected you, move on, man. You know, it, it ain't the end of the world. Then you can find somebody else. You don't have to walk around and, um, you know, and tell people that about stuff that you did not do, you know. And, and even if you did, why do you got to, you know, why do you got to uh, go and make it public knowledge? It's not nobody's business. It's, it's I good.
4: really I think ultimately, Omar, at the end of the day, I think it's environment that you're raised in. Um, truthfully, I mean, like I wasn't raised in a home where we gossip or we talk about anything or we talk about people. So maybe that's probably why I distance myself personally from from things like that. I just I'm not about that. But the thing but there's people where where I could walk into my cousin's house and it's, it's normal for them to sit and talk about, oh, this person did this and this person did that. And you're just like, can we talk about something else? So I really think it has to do with environment.
2: I'll tell you one thing. As soon as somebody starts talking, I go the other way, because to me, first of all, it's negative energy. Anytime you bring negative energy into any conversation, people that have drama all the time or anything like that, you don't even realize they're actually sucking the energy out of you. Also, you know, by even just you hearing it or sitting there thinking, well, I'll be nice and, and be courteous and listen. No, I mean, it's it literally is sucking the life out of you, absorbing their negative energy of them talking about people or rumors, rumors or this or that instead of asserting positive things and making good things happen. And focusing on that, I mean, those are people that just need to be deleted out of your life.
4: Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is that if you really take it in, into this perspective, let's just say that it's a, a, you know, something, a matter that's happening where somebody's venting to you. If somebody's venting to you and not bashing a person, there's a, there's, a, there's a fine line between somebody venting and somebody bashing someone. And I think that's where people have a disconnect. Because people, when you sit there, if, like, I'll give you an example. One of my friends, we had a really close friend in our circle, and you know, some things went on, and this person ended up leaving our circle of friends. When the way that my friend my friend dealt with with this matter, just personally, she held she held herself so well that at the end of the day, people thought that she was gonna lash out because how much this other person was talking and spreading rumors, and at the end of the day. I think I was the person that where I sat with this person, I said, you know, why are you talking about this person? Why are you doing this? Why do you why are you taking this wrong? My friend did it the best way. You know, what? I think her silence spoke for it. And when the truth eventually came out and everybody saw it, they were just like, oh, okay. So she was a smart one and didn't lash out or did not, you know, react to what was coming out of her mouth.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you argue with an idiot, you also look like a fool. Yep. So sometimes it's you better keep quiet and move on. And like you said, the truth always does come out. And, and you know what? Again, what's the old saying? It's it's not, uh, what do they say? It's not your business when anybody else thinks about you. Yeah. Just forget about it and move on and keep moving in your positive way, doing the right thing and say, you know, what? whatever. Anyone can say anything they want. It's no big deal. I'm going to keep doing what I do the right way and heck with everything else.
1: We want to encourage listeners to call in at 347-857-3847. That's 347-857-3847. Don't be
0: shy. We won't spread any rumors about you. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, wanted to touch up on something real quick. Um, one of the uh, gossip or rumor type of uh, situation, I think, if if a girl or a guy was looking to uh, date someone and they automatically hear from their friends, oh, He's not a good guy or, oh, you know, he went out with so-and-so and so-and-so or she did this or she did that, stay away from her or she did it. I mean, that's serious. That has to stop. You ruin people's lives like that, uh, possible uh, 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 soulmate type of situations, things like that, possible relationship, you know, sent from God and you sitting here and breaking people up and things like that. It's just nonsense, I think. That kind of rumor and gossip needs to stop. Um What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it makes no sense to me because, look, whether things happen with somebody or not uh, at an earlier time in their life, that things they've done, there's no human that could stand there. There's only one perfect person to walk this earth, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus Christ. Besides that, nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes growing up. Everyone's done stupid things in their life they're not proud of. But what's the old saying? Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. You know what? You can... There's things in life that change as you go on. You grow up, you change, you mature. And so when people sit there and harp on uh, things that somebody did in the past or whatever, you don't know what that person's like. You don't know. Th- there's a lot of uh, – sometimes the best people are the people that have lived a little and done some things and come forward and now become uh, great people because of the mistakes that they made. Sometimes greater realizations come out of that.
1: That, this, uh, that, that was a you know interesting question and statements here. Because it leads me to my next um, this is something, an issue that I've struggled with, and I've actually disagreed with with um, with one of our nuns. this was probably about five years ago. Um, so when does when should information be categorized as gossip? So here's what I mean by that. Let's say you got a guy who's a compulsive thief, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's a compulsive thief. And so let's say, Okay, let's say, Angela, the guy let, – let's say the guy sifted you for $100,000. Right. So do you go and tell people what this guy did or do you stay quiet about it?
4: Um, I think it depends on the relationship with the person. Like if I know that – if I've heard it, out you know, through other people, I mean, unless the facts are in order and I, I have full proof and I know that this guy's trying to get into business with my own family, you know, I'm – I mean – I, if somebody would ask me my opinion I'd probably say something along the lines like do your homework make sure you know what you're doing not like completely sit there and bash the person because people do change I believe that people change you know like there's just no way that somebody's just gonna remain you know evil or do evil all the time at some point your conscience comes into play
5: well you have uh, oh, I, I don't
4: know
1: about that I I mean I I kind of tend to, to disagree with that with some people. Some people do change. Um, others don't. Mark, what do you think? If somebody was to, to steal, um, was, let's say somebody stole, stole, uh, you know, got $100,000 out of you, mm-hmm. right? And so somebody else comes along and says, hey, do you know so-and-so? What do you think of them? How do you respond? Uh,
2: well, a couple things, Omar. This is a very tricky one in your 100. This was a really good one that you brought up, I tell you that much. Because... If you're a good person, a decent person, you don't want somebody else to get screwed the same way you did. Yep. So it's not a bad idea to tell the person the truth and just tell them that, hey, look, uh, this guy conned me out of this amount. I don't want to see the same thing happen to you. The strange part about that, though, is sometimes that backfires on you. You try and do the right thing by telling somebody to warn them, and then they go and flip it around and say you're talking smack. and say you're talking smack about them. So it's it's a difficult situation. My best. Thing would say would be to say, uh, do your due diligence, you know, like you're, you
5: yeah. know.
4: I mean, it is. It it is a it's a sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. If I know that, you know, I mean, I I maybe I'm just I do my homework and I and I really look into things before I speak, and I'm smart about what I do and the decisions that I make. But if I know that somebody is about to like screw someone over, that's important to me or important to my life, you know. I'm probably gonna say what you said, you know, mm-hmm. do your due diligence, you know, you do what's right. And whatever happens mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, I just, I believe that the truth will always come out no matter mm-hmm.
1: what. I, in, in situations like that, the cliche phrase of, uh, evil only triumphs when good men do nothing,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, all, always comes up in my mind. And it's funny. Cause when I, when I debated this with, with one of the nuns a few years back, it, it came up in church while, you know, we were getting ready for choir and whatnot. And, you know she was adamant no no you shouldn't say anything i said to her sister i beg to differ with that because if i'm not going to say nothing then i'm letting this person continue to, to possibly hurt others if i'm just going to stay silent and say okay you know i'm i'm going to forgive this person But you're you're allowing that person to to continue their you know their their destruction so to speak
2: I agree with you, man. I mean, it's a fine line, but you're right. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes, whether you like it or not, you have to get involved with stuff to stop somebody from doing what they're doing to everybody else.
1: Yeah. So at that point, are are you going to be considered a gossiper? I mean, I, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't consider myself a gossiper.
4: Yeah, but there's a different type of gossip. I mean, there's gossip where it turns into almost like it's bullying. Omar, there's people that are. You know, that attack a person and they just and we see it on social media all day long Mm -hmm. on social media all day long. When I mean, I think I read a post today um, about how a girl deleted somebody off of her friends list because they were talking about openly gay relationships or something along those
1: lines. Oh, I heard about that. And, And she deleted the post. And
4: she deleted the post. And I know her personally, I know her family, but the thing is, is that she's she is entitled to her own opinion. Right. At the end of the day, you know, she's obviously a hardcore Catholic. Mm-hmm. She's into her faith. And I mean, anybody else that is, I'm not knocking anybody for what they are. You know, Jesus loves you no matter what. But at the end of the day, you know, she put that post up and I respected it because I like that she's defending the faith and that's what it's about. But the thing is, is that, when you're gossiping and talking about people on a different level it's harder there i think more more people take it as i'm being bullied now or nobody's on my side or they're they're not looking at it from a dis- different perspective like one of my friends said to me you know what if you were the person that's being attacked like what if people are the ones that are talking about you how do you deal with that you but know she- there's people that seclude themselves they just disconnect from the world and they just live their life and they don't care
1: but she really wasn't attacking anybody. No, she was not. You know, and and she was just stating her opinion. I wish she wouldn't have deleted it because I was gonna get on there and fight. Yeah. You because know, you know me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I was gonna support her. I was, you know, gonna get on there, and and you know, go at it with whoever was disagreeing with it. Because, like you said, and like she said, it's her page. She can say whatever she wants. She was not bashing anybody. She was just saying, "Hey, I'm removing anybody who's." keeps posting this stuff, which I find uh, offensive, obscene.
4: And it's not biblical, exactly how she said it.
1: And that's mm-hmm. it. That's her opinion. She's got every right to post it. Yeah. I don't need to hear this stupid stuff, of this you know, this stupid shit about, well, Jesus said don't cast the first stone because we're all sinners. Okay, but these sinners are proudly pro- proclaiming their sin and treating it as if it's not a sin. So she's not casting any stones.
4: She's- I think there's just a people just don't know the difference between what how much words are hurtful you know there's people that i run into they're just like you know sometimes i wish i was like in a physically abusive relationship more than with like the verbal (laughs) abuse because verbal abuse hurts you more it it those words stick no
2: thank god i'm made of teflon i don't even care (laughs) if people can say what the hell they want i'm like all right it's cool man no big deal yeah got any more for me go ahead
4: it is i mean it is and the thing is i think initially no matter what just us as a Chaldean community and being raised in the homes that we're raised in, it has to do with environment. If you're raised in an environment where mom and mom and aunts and all the families sit together and sit and talk about people, the children are going to learn, and those children are gonna learn, and it's just gonna it's it's repetitive at that point. It's literally yeah. it's repetitive at that point.
2: Everything's a learned uh, experience. And Omar, I mean, what, what you're saying, what you are mentioning about like uh like basically warning other people when somebody is ripping people off or whatever. I don't think that's, uh, and we're talking about how people might misconstrue that as rumors about people, but it's really not because the old saying paranoia is only a problem when it's true. So if so, so, you know, if somebody's doing something, it's, and it's true, then it's not rumor. It's, you know, as you're basically trying to hold, you know, protect somebody else from getting injured the same way you've been injured, whether it be financially or whatever it might be.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that, that was my whole uh, disagreement with with uh, with sister back, you know, and, and, and with others, too. I mean, I've had this debate with other Christians, you know, and some of them hold the hold their ground and say, no, nope, you should stay silent. You're you know, you're not without sin and you're basically guilty of gossiping. I said, no, I'm sorry. I'm not. I said, if somebody did me wrong and they're moving on to their next next victim and that next victim happens to be somebody who I know, then you know what? I'm going to go tell that person because they have a right to know. And it's my duty to tell them. Otherwise, I'm just letting this person continue doing their evil.
4: Right. Okay. But let me give you a different scenario, Omar. Let's just, I mean, we're going to, we're just going to say how it is. And I, I'm a, at least going to say that from my experience of, of being in the community and being in the eye of the church, uh, you know, what, there are a lot of groups of young women and men where they specifically just sit and they gossip, and this is how they make their nights go by. They will sit and have that drink, and smoke. The guys will smoke their cigar, and the the next topic is the next girl that you know, whoever's seeing who, or whoever's dating who, or and the girls are doing the same thing. So, it how do you, how do you even get out uh, get out of something like that?
2: No, nah, you can't worry about it. My thing, well, thank God that my weekends are spent listening to Hendrix, so I don't have to worry about it. (laughs) That's number one. Number two.
4: It was a lot easier when you were getting married, Mark, at the time. How long have you been married? 20 years. 20 years ago, it was much easier for you to get married than it is now. There are so many options and so many things that happen that people just make the smallest thing the biggest thing.
2: Even back then, though, it was the same thing. It's never really changed. It's a little more amplified because of social media, but it was always the same. People just... Again, people like to talk smack because of insecurities in their life. right So like I said, how many times you see parents that'll they'll say, "Oh with lahada, his son did this and their daughter that, but in their own household, their kids's gone off the deep end going crazy doing things. Yeah' it's, it's an insecurity thing. that's why you can't even take people serious that they talk junk. I'm like, well, I guess if that makes you feel better, go ahead, you know, but I actually have productive things to do with my life so it doesn't even matter to me I, right i'm just like desensitized to it i it's funny there was a time in my life where i like cared about what uh what was said or whatever but especially the last like 10 years i really don't it's just very interesting i i especially like the last 10 years and the last two years like i really don't care about anything people say they can say whatever they want because i feel like me worrying about that is actually a negative draw on yourself you know, it's like the old saying, uh, uh but as a man, uh-huh. and
4: I'm going to say this as a man, you're allowed to speak like that. If I'm a girl and I say to, to people, I don't care what anybody says about me or what they think about me in their minds are going to be like, what does this girl do that? She doesn't care about anything
2: or what? It's not say. a matter of caring about anything, but you can't control people's mouths because they're just going to talk regardless. Mm-hmm. But that I'm saying, if you worry about it, it actually brings you down it's like the old saying, uh, wishing for revenge is like you drinking a cup of poison and waiting for the enemy to die. Yeah. You know, you're really killing yourself on the inside, worrying about the stuff. So it's, it's not worth the, the hassle
1: or the worry. Well, Mark, I'm going to get off topic for a second. Sure. But I just had uh, one of Maryland's Orioles, and they are unbelievable. Mark, if somebody wants to, uh, you know, to, to hire Maryland for a party, what, what's the best way to contact
2: her? You know, the best way is just to give her a call. Or you know, she has her website, shopsolsweet.com. But the really the easiest way is to hit her up on Soul Sweet. I think it's so sweet by Marilyn on Instagram. I, I see so many posts that I'm, I'm like lost. I like, what the hell? You don't know? I know, I know. You like that? I, I come home to a kitchen with like 18,000 chocolates up and down the counters.
4: Marilyn, <laughs> we're all gonna have to go to the gym for like four hours tomorrow. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: Marilyn, if you want to text Mark, if you're listening, if you want to text him what where you know where they can contact you, um, you know, to to uh, uh, buy some of your stuff for, for parties or or hire you or whatnot, what you know, where's the best contact info and all that? If you want to text Mark and let him know, I
2: can just. Put, oh, I hate to put our number on. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: is she
4: listening She's <laughs> on Instagram? Yeah. You can always give her
1: Instagram.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: Way. Fine. Well, hopefully she's listening and she'll text you in the next few minutes. But at any rate, we uh, I picked a song. Uh, that's very fitting for this uh this topic which uh our engineer Steve is going to to play right now. Mark, I'm sure you will probably remember this song. Angie, you might too mm-hmm.
0: as well. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's no. close. Oh okay. Don't don't forget <laughs> to remind them we're in HD now
1: and we are in high definition audio. Dang. Song real quick. How do rumors get started? started by the Dallas people
3: and they get marching something they
1: And uh, I hope everybody liked that song because it was definitely appropriate for the topic and the conversation.
2: Omar, can I make an announcement? Absolutely. First of all, I want to say congratulations to Rafid for winning uh, Humanitarian of the Year. Uh, you, I mean, he's the, the right guy for that award. Awesome guy. But I will say this. I brought the chocolates you've been crying about for so long. They're in the studio waiting on you. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. Rafid, come on down, man. We're going to stuff you with the Maryland's chocolates.
4: uh, congratulations Rafid. well well deserved
2: we love you
0: brother
1: he he's uh leaving tomorrow for uh for four days uh to go on a golf trip and uh he said he had to go shopping so uh he doesn't know if he's gonna make it in or not today but um hopefully he doesn't so i can have the rest of the chocolates to myself well of course you can have some too and 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 mark so,
4: unbelievable. Fucked <laughs> uh, yeah, made us gain five pounds tonight. <laughs>
1: Rafa <Seriously>? is excluded. <laughs>
4: <It's>, uh,
1: <laughs> that's, uh, was it that a rumor that Rafid won the Humanitarian of the Year award?
4: That was not a rumor. It no, actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, um, did Marilyn text you, wife with the info?
2: I just text her right now. So it's all fine. She got a Marilyn Casa account on Instagram, which she has almost all of her chocolates on.
1: Okay. So,
2: and then it has the shop so sweet.com on there and stuff. Cool. I'm surrounded by
1: chocolates in the house. So what what's what could be like a remedy to to this whole this whole problem of gossiping? And I mean, you know, priests, our priests have talked about it repeatedly in church. But uh, as we all know, our people are very selective as to what they want to listen to from the priest and what they don't want to listen to. You know? Um it's like they listen to what works for them and what goes but what goes against their the grain of their nature, they don't want to listen to it. So
2: I don't know. I mean it has a lot to do with being such an intertwined society. I mean, you look at like any community that's completely intertwined, whether it be the Chaldean community, the Jewish community, the Italians. I mean, there's there when communities are so closely intertwined with each other and so involved with each other's lives. I mean, I always tell people. I know this sounds kind of funny. The worst thing you can be is way too close to somebody because that, that's when the rumor mill starts when you're too tight. I mean, it's great to have great friends and stuff, but sometimes too much time with people is not a, not a good thing either, because that's when, uh, you know, and don't forget something. If somebody is talking to you about somebody else, trust me, when your back is turned, they're talking about you to somebody else, too. It doesn't just stop in that one spot.
4: I feel the same. I think I agree with you, Mark. Um, I think that, um, there was one at one point there was, uh, between a circle of friends where, um, there was an argument and one girl confronted another girl. And she said to her, why were you comfortable enough to talk about me with this person? And this person is like brand new to the circle. So I mean, and I I agree. You're mm-hmm. you're you're right on that. But I think another way to avoid things like that is I think staying, you know, staying in prayer and silence is golden. You have mm-hmm. no idea. Sometimes remaining silent in any situation, you know, everything, literally shows your true colors at that point and who you are. I mean, I, at least that's exactly how I deal with things. I'm not the person to like go and attack a person because of what has happened or what I can do or what I'm going to prove. I don't have anything to prove. At the end of the day, I know me and I, I I sleep better staying quiet in situations like that.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. It's just better to me. Like I said, neutrality is is better than uh, getting yourself worked up and getting irritated and everything else. It's like just being neutral to I'm going, okay, well that person, obviously uh, there's something else going on with them. So I'm just going to go and just do my own thing. That's why I like being involved, just doing my own things, whether it be, Playing music, family time, this that. I just don't. I don't have the time or the energy. And even if something comes up, there's a saying they always they always say, "Don't live there." In other words, like if something happens and you talk about it, like I always say this. Yeah, if it's like if if something happens that's you know negative in the community or whatever. I mean, come on. There's we're not going to avoid some things if something serious happens in the community. But you know what? After it's mentioned one time, I'm like, okay, that's over with. Don't live there. Don't talk about it anymore because you're just bringing the negative vibe back in by continuing to, you know, harp on the situations. Just let it go and roll
1: on. I tell you, when I, uh, when my brother, and my cousin got into the car accident that severed his arm, the next day I I heard uh, six different stories, <laughs> six different versions, and six different conclusions to the story. I won't forget it. it was it was funny. I mean, it was actually in that time of, you know, like darkness and sad. It was actually entertaining a little bit in a crazy way. You know, one person said to me, is it true your brother broke his neck and your cousin is paralyzed? I said, what? what? <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not what happened. Oh Well, is it true your brother lost his arm and your cousin is paralyzed? I said, no. I said, my cousin broke his vertebrae and then the neck, you know, but uh, he's OK. And um. I don't, I don't remember the other four versions, but they were similar and, and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, people just skew shit. They, they, you know, they miscommunicate information. And that's how, that's another way that a lot of this these problems start and occur. You know, people just keep spinning a story, you know, in different versions of it. And there you go, you know, and, it's, and that's how people get hurt. And they don't, they don't understand that. You know, they they just don't like, you know, a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, uh, this person had cancer. And so we know for a fact that your kids, if you marry them, are going to have cancer, too. Oh, that's,
4: just ridiculous. that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
2: Yeah, And, and you're right, though. How many times do you hear that in the community? Yep. How many times do you hear those kind of
1: Bless
4: you. You.
2: those uh, ridiculous things in the community over and over just. Again, it's just a matter of just letting go and move on and heck with it, man. If 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 people start to get that attitude of letting things roll and just getting it out of the way and like we talk about, don't live there, man. Something negative happened. It's done. Talk about it. It's out of the way. Over with and forget about it. Move on and worry about how to improve yourself and not how to knock down other people.
4: But you know what, Mark? There's a lot of people that, that it's like fuel for them to, to do that to people. They find excitement, and they love living there. They love that, hey, I can make somebody feel this big. It's okay for them because typically that's all they know. Some people just don't know better. So what I couldn't agree more when you say that line, I don't live there no more. Because yeah. that is, it's true. It's a, its one of the best lines ever. But truthfully, I mean, sometimes when you just, at least I do, when you give it to God, it's just easier. It's easier yeah. to deal with. It's just easier in your life. It's just you, you. When you have that connection, you're just like, this is what's going on in my life. Only you can fix it. So sometimes you just gotta trust that and just give it to God.
2: Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Give it to God and and always live by the theory of don't cheer against the opposing team. Cheer for the home team. Yeah. In other words, keep it positive. You know, and worry about your own, worry about yourself and everything around you, making it a positive environment. You're you're creating a positive environment with the friends you choose, with the things you do around you. And, you know, keep the negativity out of your life and you don't have to worry about rumors, gossip, garbage, what anybody cares or thinks or anything.
1: By the way, Mark, I heard a rumor that uh, Jimi Hendrix is alive.
2: I wish he was, man, because I'd like to go to the show. (laughs) He's on the island with Bruce Lee and Jim Morrison from The Doors, right? And Tupac. <laughs> and Tupac, Tupac. exactly. Yeah, with
4: Tupac and Elvis, too. Yeah. Don't forget yeah, Elvis. Exactly.
1: I
2: saw Elvis at Burger King in Traverse City.
1: <laughs> I think Michael Jackson's alive, too, now, right?
2: No, poor Michael.
1: Poor Michael. Poor Michael is right, man. Big
2: O, what's the calling number, too, man? We need some people calling in here. Well...
1: For some reason they're a little bit embarrassed about this topic
2: as my cousin says don't shy don't shy, don't shy. <laughs> three
1: four seven eight five seven three eight four seven that's three four seven eight five seven three eight four seven don't be shy so the whole thing with uh, with, with you know I think I think it was important to, to touch up on like we did earlier, um, when does information become gossip and one and doesn't? Because, uh, I mean, I think realistically here, when you're in a small group of friends, some kind of discussion is always bound to, to emerge. You know, like between friends. OK, did you hear about what happened here? Did you hear about what happened there? I think we've all been guilty of it on some level and to some degree. And probably we'll we'll. Most likely be guilty of it to a, to some on some level. What do you guys think about that?
3: Um,
2: I don't think so, man. I, I really boy, like I said, I, I think as I'm getting older, I really, really don't give it a give damn a crap. About, yeah, I don't give a damn about any of this stuff. Like, especially it's funny. Um, like I was saying, I, I've always you know me, oh, I've always been a super positive person, you know. You when you whether I'm up up at uh you know four thirty in the morning, I'm you know, jumping off the ceiling or hitting the ceiling. Right. I'm, I'm just a guy who's got a ton of energy or whatever. Yeah. But, and I've always been a positive thinker, but uh, the last couple of years, especially, uh, deleting out of my life, all the negative people, people that are talkers and all that stuff, man, it's been like, it's been like getting LASIK surgery for my brain. It's, it's just the, uh, it's a feeling of freedom. I can't describe, dude. It's just been awesome. No, getting that negative vibe and the, all those people that are like always in drama and stuff like that and just going, you know what? I don't need those kind of people around me anymore. Do I still love those people? Yes. But do I want any part of that? Absolutely not because it drags you down without you realizing It's just a weird, a weird thing, but I I can't really explain uh, the feeling of how awesome I feel the last, again, just dropping those people off. You just keep it a positive direction all the time. There's no negative drag on anything that you do.
1: But Mark, I'd have to say that within most groups in the in the community, any kind of friendship group, whether it's a small one or a mm-hmm. large one, uh, some form of discussion does start.
2: It, it doesn't. Depends. It doesn't. How about when I, whenever I call you, we're talking about music. We're talking about recording. If you keep it on things that are important to you and things as compared to things that are like irrelevant, you know, look at where the first thing I'm on the phone, I'm talking about, you know, different whatever, writing a tune, chord progressions, people were, you know, doing music with or whatever. Do Talking about things you have a passion for in life. I mean, these are things that keep you on the straight, positive path. Those are just little diversions on the pathway when you're thinking about, well, who care? I don't really care what this guy did. I don't care what that person did. I don't care, you know, whether they were drunk last night or hung out with this. It, none of that this stuff means anything to me, to be honest with you.
4: I think what Omar is trying to say is that he's generally speaking about – Things that happen in our life. Mark, I'm sure you have siblings. You have a brother. Mm-hmm.
5: Yep.
4: Let's just say, or I'll just give my example. I mean, I have three brothers. If my brother was dating a girl mm-hmm. and the relationship went sour and my brother is venting to me and, we're, and one other person is sitting in the room and listening to that other person, it was going to look like my brother is talking shit about this person. Yep. Okay. But my, in my mind, my brother is venting to me. I'm his sibling. So I think where we that's where it is. It's that fine line of knowing of what is when you're venting and when you're really talking and bashing somebody because that defines your character. That's you know, there's a lot of people thing. that goes off of emotion and anger and it has a lot to do with it. Anger is like the worst thing that you can go off of. And a lot of people, that—that mm-hmm. that is what they are and that's all they know.
2: Well, you got to be careful who you reveal yourself to. Right. That's the biggest thing because – like you're saying, if it's your if it's a brother and sister that you're, like I said, if your brother just broke up with somebody he was engaged to or whatever, it's okay to go to your sister or brother and just kind of get that, you know, some, of course you always feel good getting something off your chest, mm-hmm. but be careful who else is around. You know, you have to be careful who okay, you're, who, who, you know, you got to be careful who you reveal yourself to because there's a certain amount of confidentiality that happens with people that are close to you and that you're not going to get with Somebody that's somewhat close to you that you think is close to you, but let me tell you something. It's completely different than you just, in, you know, just saying, Hey, I just want to kind of get this, get this off my chest. Cause it is bothering me, mm-hmm. you know, or try and do something positive and get in the gym and, and work, work out like crazy. Get out of your get system, get out of your system. <laughs> of your system. stress relief.
4: All right. we got to run it out.
1: Yep. Well, I can tell you for sure that, uh, I mean, I would be willing to bet on it, and I'm sure everybody who's listening or, or even you guys would probably agree that uh, people sitting, groups of friends sitting in Shenandoah at tables, uh, I mean, I, I still think some form of, um, you know, talking is, is going to come up about who did what. 100%. Yeah. You know? No, I don't and know.
3: This I, is
4: not me. I know, like, I'm outnumbered because there's more men in this room uh-huh. today, but honestly... I think, at least for my group of friends and the people that I'm around on a daily basis, the men talk more than women. They do. I know a lot of us say, oh, women always got... Now, if you get you set any topic up to a group of grown men, you put that alcohol in their system... It's game over. They will destroy a <laughs> but, girl. But but I have game. two
2: things to blow up your theory. One, I don't drink, <laughs> and, and number number two, I just walk away. I, I really don't care. That
4: example, but what I'm saying. is yeah, I know is what you mean. Single man that will go to the bar up the road, or go to the casino and have a drink, or you know, just sit at a friend's house. They will talk more about a girl or a situation that a girl is in than a girl will. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I mean at I can't remember the last time, I mean, like I've had, you know, conversations with my girlfriends and we'll talk normal conversations, like how's work, how's school, how's mm-hmm. the family. We When you haven't seen each other in two weeks or a month, of course you're going to catch up and want to know how everybody's doing, but.
2: Well, it's intriguing to me when I hear guys talk like that anyway, because first of all, I will guarantee you every single one of them has some type of. Mm -hmm. issue or skeleton in their closet they're not proud of but they sure have time to talk about other women they really uh lavish in that but again it's 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 almost like a hypocritical
4: they they enjoy it no i i know i i know men that enjoy destroying a girl they do (laughs) and they complete like i i remember i had it out once with one gentleman and he he there was no filter There was no filter. And I literally, and this person was dating this girl for a lot of years and it just didn't work out. Like the families got involved and they just were not having it, which is fine. It happens in our community all the time. But to sit and bash somebody that you were with for seven or eight years, like you told this person that you love them. You want, you love them, but you love them enough to sit and tell the world, what you did and what you didn't
2: do. Yeah, it's just, it's stupidity. It's stupidity, and security. You know, and the funny part about all that is you never know how things are going to wind up in the end. What you think is in the beginning and the way it ends. I'll t- give you a great example. I had a relatives that were, I had a cousin of mine. Mm-hmm. She married a guy that they were not happy about in the least, right? I mean, not happy in the least. We don't want him. He's this, he's that, he's that, he's that, he's that. They got married. And they're still married now it's been like i don't know 30 35 years or whatever wow. but here's the funny part at the end of as the, as the parents grew older guess who ended up taking care of them the guy that they did not care he even ended up him and his wife moved in next door to them to take care of them take him to church every day do everything with him you don't know how things are going to wind up in life and again so that's why this whole when people talk about people in this rumor thing Nobody knows how things are going to work. Things change on a daily basis. People's minds change. Their mentality changes. Their life yeah, changes. I think
4: people miss that things honestly, honest to God, happen to people's life. Like there are dramatic moments that happen in your life where you don't know how to react to them. So people turn to things like alcohol, sex, drugs, all these things, and this is what it becomes. It's part of your life. So at the end of the day, it's literally – I you know, judging somebody on oh, this girl did this, or this guy was with this girl for so many years because that's all it was about. It was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that I think that it it really at the end of the day, it all is environment and what you're raised
2: in. Yeah. And and f- flip the flip the board on that one. That's all situations you can control. How about the person that's extremely strong, extremely poignant and very judgmental on people. And they think they're all high and mighty. And then they have a stroke or something that debilitates them. Now they have to rely on other people. You know, these are the things people don't think about. You're, it's it's just, like I said, it's a whole, it, there's so much involved with every situation. And I think that's why the best way is to stay out of all that stuff. Not talk about people and not be, not, don't worry about judging people. I even noticed a lot of times you know, I hate to say this, but sometimes the biggest rumor mill people are the people that go to church all the time that are stuck in church seven days a week. Because a lot of times, look, the, the in church they teach you know obviously they teach us in our religion about humility, turn the other cheek, do the right thing. But why is it that so many people that are so involved with the church have a, a very high judgmental factor on other people? You know, like you you never notice that a lot of people that are that they tend to like look down on everybody like
4: oh i'll be i'm the number one example i'm the number i think that personally for myself i think i have a pretty good spiritual life you know like my faith is Mm -hmm. is something that i carry with me daily but i can i have a balance i have a balance of like my personal life and i know when to have fun and what my limits are but at the end of the day, when I think about it, and how people are like, Oh, that's the girl that serves at church, but she was at red coat last night drinking until 12:30 in the morning. So people are going to say things no matter what. It's well,
1: just I think what so Mark funny. is Mark is talking about are people who are heavily involved in the church, um, sometimes become the most judgmental and even like arrogant. And and saying having said that. Alluding to what Steve brought up before the show went on the air in terms of like Kairos and whatnot, I gotta say that like I I have seen, you know, where people come out of, of Kairos and whatnot, and they 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 exhibit this this overbearing self-righteousness, you know, kind of thing. What's Kairos? It, it's it's so, a retreat. It's a oh, retreat okay. that okay. the church offers. You know, so for for sometimes Sometimes, this is, this is another um, thing that I've disputed with people. A lot of times, here's a question for everybody. In our community, because we're so tight-knit, in most cases, does a person earn their reputation or should we not believe what we hear, whether it's good or bad? So what I'm saying is, if 9 out of 10 people come and tell you that somebody is not a decent person, should we walk around that person with with red flags up or should we completely ignore what these people say? So if uh, somebody tells you this person is a good person, same thing, should we, you know, if a lot of people tell you this person is a good person, should we take heed to that or should we just, you know, get to learn about that person for ourselves?
2: Well, I mean, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. I will admit that, that if, you know, if 95% of the people uh feel a person's you know obviously a bad person then unfortunately a lot of times where there's smoke there's fire and in reverse if 95 percent of the people see, think somebody's very good and respectable they're usually correct also so i know what you're talking about omar like it's all
1: it's almost like so my, my point by bringing this up is some some quote-unquote stereotypes people bring on to themselves in a way you know and and I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody in particular. I'm just saying that I have seen it just as one example. As Mark said earlier, people come out of, you know, the people heavily involved in the church who have this kind of arrogance about them or this overbearing self-righteousness where they kind of become, you know, judgmental or they, they just flaunt their religious beliefs a little too much. You know, I mean, there are people, I've seen people on Facebook who just, you know, you like, Constantly advertise, you know. I'm, I remember a couple of years ago, I was I was constantly seeing posts about people talking to right, to, talking to Mariam Althoda right on Facebook. I'm like, come on, dude, you, are you serious right now? What it's you almost think? narcissistic sometimes. Yeah. When you look like, at what it that do you way? think I'm gonna think when I'm seeing you post your conversation with Mariam Althoda on Facebook? You know? <laughs> you know. I
4: I really agree. I mean, the thing is, I think there's just um, there's a there's a a huge, <laughs> not not a fine line, a big line of. <laughs> you know, having a relationship with Christ and Maryam Madra and keeping that where it needs to be and then you know, there's certain things on social media that just need to be cut out. I think that people getting on social media and posting everything about their life, word for word or day for day, you're just like, um why do I need to know all of this information? Right. But then again people worry about why are people gossiping or how people know their business.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. I think uh I think people want to put their business out like that. You okay,
1: know. but but the point is when you when they do that, what is gonna go what are, what are you gonna think, Steve? Well, oh you-
0: I also think if you say like thank you, Jesus, or Jesus pray for us or something like that, that's fine. But mm-hmm. if you're sitting here having a full blown conversation <laughs> with Maria mother, I don't, yeah. <laughs>
3: we
0: need to see a therapist. Well, <laughs> I mean it's 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 nice. I mean it's nice to have her in your heart and things like that, but I mean, come on, you know.
1: Hey, look, I have I have conversation with Maria, with Maria Madra. Yeah, yeah, but not on social media. Not on My social media. I, I keep that stuff private. Yeah. Hey, there is
2: Maria a rumor that I need to about. verify for you guys. Yeah. I did get Bishop Francis into Jimi Hendrix, just so you know. Oh, that's that's awesome. a true, that's that's true. After, well that <laughs> it was great. In fact, after mass, uh, one of the guys that was in uh, seminary, he came up to me. He goes, hey, man. He goes, you're that guy who got Bishop Francis into Jimi Hendrix, man. He's <laughs> 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 like, good job.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's awesome. What can we do to combat these things, Omar? I mean, I what do you we have to be a good person? You have to just keep your mouth shut. What do what do you what do you gotta do? Would you have to check your friend, hey, look here, shut up, that's my buddy. Or well, how are you talking about this person? You don't even know them or What's going on here? Why do you have such a big mouth? I mean, how do you combat this? I just, you tell people
2: I just tell people, you know what, dude? It's none of your business. Nobody's perfect. Let's move on to something else. Exactly. And that's I, it.
0: I, you know what? I always stick up for, for for people I don't know or if I hear. I just either don't say anything. Exactly. As far as, you know, join the conversation or what, who, when, where, you know, or just, look, guys, do you even know this person? Just whatever. Maybe this happened or that. Why do you have to be so harsh? You know, people go through shit, you know, so. I don't I, I think maybe it starts from the heart and you know, believing in, in karma and karma and I mean if if you're if you're flawed, you're flawed, no one's perfect, you know, but that doesn't mean when you talk about somebody it makes you a better person or, or makes your light shine any brighter than anyone else's because you know at the end of the day, you know, you ain't shit, you know, if you do that. So
1: we uh we're gonna take a short break and then um when we come back. We're gonna get into our second topic of uh, police brutality and the whole rioting thing in Baltimore. Yeah, I know you guys are all familiar with that by now, right? Oh uh, um,
0: yeah, yeah. There's uh, yeah, oh yeah.
1: So we're gonna we're gonna take a short break and we're gonna come back right with you guys. Stay tuned.
0: Heartland Marketplace. Located at the corner of 12 Mile and Farmington Road in Farmington Hills, is a full-service supermarket with a meat department featuring Tender Ridge Angus beef. We also have fresh chicken, lamb, and seafood. A deli with boar's head lunch meats awaits you, fresh salads and sandwiches, and even a bakery with homemade, hand-filled donuts, custom cakes, muffins, cookies, and scones made by our bakers fresh every morning. Once you try our fresh donuts, nothing else will ever do. Fill your refrigerator with fresh produce and take advantage of hundreds of specials throughout the store. Are you a beer connoisseur? Check out our amazing selection of craft beers along with a wide variety of wines. And don't forget to pick up a rewards card to earn free goods while you shop. Family owned and operated, proud to serve the community and here to bring you the best in service and quality. Heartland Marketplace, we're here for you. Looking to sell your property? Looking to purchase a property? Commercial? Residential? Rentals? Vacant land? Oakland Real Estate Associates. Over 30 years experience. Let one of our professional realtors guide you through the whole process. You could find us at www.getyouahouse.com. That's www.getyouahouse.com. You can reach us at 248 Seven nine 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 seven. Oakland Real Estate and Associates. Relax, you're almost home. Big O Productions, one of Michigan's premier recording studios, offers many great services: piano lessons, on hold phone messages, custom commercial jingles professional studio recordings, just to name a few. We offer the highest quality at affordable prices. Contact Omar Binu at omarbinu at gmail.com That's O-M-A-R-B-I-N-N-O at gmail.com You can also find Omar Binu's work at www.bigoproductions.net That's www dot big productions dot net.
1: And, um, of course, uh, that, that was definitely an interesting conversation. And uh, it was good to have Angie on the show. Um, and, again, I, w- I want to thank Marilyn for uh, for the great, great chocolate. I mean, phenomenal. <laughs> it's uh, amazing. It's our crack, poison, whatever you want to call it for the day. Amazing. Yeah.
0: And, uh,
2: Rafford, you asked for, like, 15 weeks straight. The day I brought him, he didn't show up. So, I'm, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Too bad. I got you, bro. Yeah, well, boo-hoo, <laughs> cry me a river. <laughs> you know? So, uh, if anybody wants to to hire Marilyn for this this excellent these excellent desserts, uh, Mark, what are they?
2: You can look up Marilyn Casa on Instagram. I always say Casa because everybody calls me Casa for some reason, even though it's Casa. Marilyn Casa on Instagram. Or uh, you can go to ShopSoulSweet.com Check out some of her work, and and her
1: email address is... Is there a contact form on the website?
2: Yeah, there's a contact form on the site, and then let's
1: see here. her
2: email, shop so sweet. Let I me mean, look it up here on Instagram, Seeing that I'm unprepared.
1: Well, we're. Uh, I mean, that happens to the best of us, and uh, you're not the best, so...
2: It's uh, so sweet chocolates at yahoo.com. Chocolates with an S. So sweet chocolates at yahoo.com is her email.
1: All right. Don't be shy. Email her. The desserts are phenomenal. Uh, we just picked out on a bunch of chocolate Oreos, chocolate graham crackers, chocolate pretzels, and chocolate everything else.
0: Macaroons,
2: my favorite. Graham crackers. I see a million of them on the table. I can't eat anymore, or else I'll blow up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this past week has been. Uh, crazy. I mean, you know, we all saw what's, what's been going on in in Baltimore. Well, we're all aware of it. Um, and of course this, this kind of started last year or was it earlier this year? Um, in, in Ferguson, it was last year. I'm sorry. It was last year in Ferguson. Um, and so something like that, unfortunately started a kind of a dominoes effect in a sense, you know, you have police brutality being put you know, exposed hardcore in the media, and um, you know now you have whenever it happens, you have riots breaking out. You know, like it's a new trend or something. And what do you, what do you, what do you think about that, Mark?
2: I don't know. It sure seems like a lot of these rioters are actually busting from other places. I really don't. Most of the time, I mean, I have a hard time believing that an individual that lives in their own neighborhood is going to burn their own stores down and, you know, their own houses down and everything else. Something just seems very contrived about the whole thing to me. I mean, yes, obviously they want to make a political statement just as there was in the 60s, during the riots in the 60s, but I do feel like some of this is contrived by somebody. I don't know who, but uh, there's something behind the, There's something behind this.
1: You, who, so who, who do you think has orchestrated this if you had to speculate who would you say and and what's the reason
2: you know i really can't say because i don't know what goes on politically behind the scenes i mean you see the people that are always at the forefront the, the leaders in the community uh that always get up there and talk but i really don't know what's what's really orchestrating it because there's a lot more behind it than one or two people there's obviously uh has to be some type of organization behind the whole thing What do you think?
1: Well, I so so do you think it's it's orchestrated from within the community or is it something governmental?
2: I'm not sure. It's a hard say whether it's governmental or not. I don't know. You know what? Unless we know the insides, I hate speculating about stuff. If I don't know the inside scoop, if I work within within something, then you can really see what's going on the inside. But it just doesn't make sense that individuals would be burning down their own homes and stores. I mean, they're already in a lot of these neighborhoods don't have a lot for people to shop or buy stuff at is already. And then you're burning down whatever the local, the local grocery store, the local, you know, these, these kind of businesses, believe it or not, are very important to communities, especially in, in, in areas of lower income.
1: Hmm. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting way of looking at it in terms of this, this, some of this being contrived, uh, it's certainly – because, I mean, if it's not, here's here's my thing. Why would you – why would the – okay, so the black community has a lot of stereotypes they need to overcome, right? That's There's no secret there. Yep. So why would they do things that just inflame those stereotypes even more? It doesn't – I mean, the logic behind it escapes me. I, I, I don't, don't
2: think it. that they're doing it to – inflame the stereotypes more i just think it's that there's people out there you know what it's like it's like professional picketers right you ever see those picketers on the street they say they're out there like two people in front of a company and say shame on this company then you see them at another company the following week with the same banner just changing the name on the banner it's like they're they're obviously getting paid to go protest but these this kind of situation here is just it's like there's thugs out there and they're just kind of scoping you know what it's like it's like uh, insurance people, ambulance chasers, like they're looking for something to happen so they can give you their card and take you to court. Right.
1: So when I said that, that they're inflaming their stereo- these stereotypes, I didn't mean obviously that they're doing it intentionally. We know they're, they wouldn't be. It's just it's, it's like, doesn't it kind of doesn't it sink in with them that, hey, you know what? I have enough stereotypes. We have enough stereotypes as blacks to overcome with everybody else. Why should we riot and do stupid things that are just going to make us even look worse and validate those stereotypes in these people's minds?
2: I think some of it has to do with uh, the fact, Omar, let me play devil's advocate here. Financially, if you're in a poor area, you don't have the money to look. Let's face it. If you have money, you can do a lot of things as far as going to court or protecting yourself or suing somebody when you don't have money. Your only form of protest, I hate to say it, is like it's like they, they're so inflamed, the only thing they can do is become, you know, is is to be violent about things. It's not excusing the action, but if you're trying to understand why things happen, I think that's really the reason why. Because you feel you feel helpless. If you're a person that's poor, again, yes, you know you're doing the wrong thing by rioting or whatever it might be, but I also feel sometimes they look at it like. Well, what else could we do to sh- to make our point? The ones that are real protest, you know, like the ones that feel like, well, what else could we do to make our point?
1: So is it almost like this is what I have to live for? This is the only thing I have to live for?
2: Yeah. It's like they almost feel like it's, it's like hopeless for them. They're in a poor neighborhood. They got no money. They can't hire an attorney and go sue the city and sue the police station and everything else. So. What what's their other form? Of, I'm again. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying it's correct.
1: No, you're just explaining. The I'm just
2: explaining possibly that could be some of the logic behind it.
0: I'd have to disagree there, Mark. Yeah. Why? I think I think when they say that uh, the urban the urban areas are you know less fortunate or you know they don't have the resources. To make them a, a better citizen a better person a, a better future i think that's all bullshit it's all hogwash okay number one it starts with parenting you know it's no secret that a lot of urban families are are, are split whether it be one mother one father uh, you know very rarely do you see you know a full functioning family uh, household that's number one so if the mother is going to be ghetto then you know, your kids are going to be ghetto. And if you're not going to sit here and go to school and get good grades, and if, you're, if you, if you know, you don't understand something or, you know, you get a tutor or you stay after, you ask the teacher for help, if you don't use all those resources and get into a good community college or even get a scholarship, because believe me, a lot of colleges, they take African-American uh, 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 people, you know, before a lot of, you know, other races, because it's very rare to have an African-American person with great grades, unless you're going to, a, you know, an African-American full school like Morehouse or something like that. So, Steve, but, Let me ask you something. Are
1: you, What are you saying? Is, I'm in complete
2: disagreement, but I'll, well, t- I'll say it afterwards. I wasn't finished. So
0: my thing is, if, if, a, if a person. Did not engage in criminal behavior, did not have uncles that engaged in criminal behavior, did not have cousins that engage in criminal behavior because their parents would kick their ass because, you know, that's not the right thing to do. I mean, in the 60s and 70s and and, and 80s, I mean, black families, they were, you know, doing it right. I mean, you could just tell the way they had good times and the Cosby's and, and, and the, you know things like that, those shows and, and, you know, African-American people were really, really cool. You know, as far as the older ones and the, you know, the, the, the ones that were born in the thirties, forties, fifties. And even with all that stuff that happened during the civil rights movement and everything like that, they were very respectable people. They, you know, they went to church, you had to go to church. You had, you know, they weren't like that. And I don't know what happened, but in the last 25 to 30 years, the culture has changed. They're becoming more uh, uh, aggressive. Uh, aggressive. The music has changed. The the actions okay, have so, changed. Okay,
1: so 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 what mm-hmm. you, what you're saying, just to summarize, before I you know let Mark disagree with you here, mm-hmm. are you saying that these poor people, like Mark said, they're poor, right? So let's let, so they are poor. Are you saying that
0: there are resources out there that they're not utilizing? Absolutely. A public education is the best thing you could ever have. You can get a scholarship if you do well in school. Anyone can. And even if you're holding down a 3.0 or a 2.8 or 2.7 or 2.5, you could still go to the community college. And if you apply yourself, you'll get good grades and you develop and your, your brain develops and you get more mature. And by the time you're 21, 22 and you're in a major university, I mean, you're getting a $40,000, 50000 job and you're thinking about future and you're not selling dope and you're not worried about gangbanging and you're not worried about stealing shit or, or jacking or, or, or whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's that simple, you know, it's, it, and it's not just African American, white, Japan, Chinese, Indian, you know, Muslims, uh, uh, Jewish Christians, Catholics, whatever race, religion, if you do well, apply yourself in your life and have good parenting behind you that says, Hey, look here, you ain't going outside. You're finishing your goddamn homework. You ain't doing shit. You know, you're not going outside. You sit in here, you do your homework. You don't do nothing. You don't have a phone. You don't do nothing. Okay.
2: All uh, right, you know, mm. Mark, what do you completely disagree? If you haven't worked in the, first of all, seeing it from the inside, and I don't know if you ever worked in the inner city or not. Have you, Steve?
0: You know what? I've I just worked. want to ask I've my only know, question. I've yes or no. Born and raised five minutes from Detroit. It doesn't I've, matter about that. Yes or I, no. Did you work in the inner yes, city? Yes, I have worked in Detroit before. What like area? Times. Every area, east to the west, whatever you want. Okay. To
2: well, there's a lot of good people that are in a bad situation there. I worked on Linwood and Davidson for over 30 years. At a program with Robert Brown, who was a coach, who was actually an all-American basketball player in high school, was drafted to go pro. He ended up blowing out his knee. He only had one working arm, and he was all pro, all-American basketball player, drafted to go pro, blew out his knee. He was actually dyslexic and was passed through school for his athletic ability. Uh, went into a, a big depression. He got hooked on drugs. Then he completely turned his life around. Um, he became a strong Catholic. He became got his master's degree, beat dyslexia, got his master's degree, became a teacher, and we used to run a program called United Youth 2000. So we used to have about two to three hundred kids every Saturday at man, I forgot the name of the school. It was right off of Wyoming, uh, Wyoming, off the lodge. Anyway,
0: central
2: is it? No, no, it was a Catholic school. How
0: old were these children?
2: This these kids were anywhere from age. There was different groups. There was three, four different groups, anywhere from age eight to like 17. So we used to bring them in every Saturday. And because a lot of single parent households in the city, we used to teach them about uh, things that you'd get from the household with a father in the household, respectability and about the Catholic. Everything was a draw for the Catholic faith. The basketball was just a draw to get him there. And then it was about being Catholic and about building their self-esteem And every week I was the sole sponsor. We used to feed all the kids. A lot of them, that was their only meal of the day. And then at the end of the 10 weeks or whatever, however many weeks we had it, we'd give them trophies at the end so they feel good about themselves, taught them about a lot of things in the house they didn't get. There's a lot of kids that are in a bad situation. Look, we are very fortunate in our community. We're very fortunate that we have a marriage rate that has lasted. I mean, although it's higher now than it's ever been, but overall, you know, thank God our parents have been together. We had somebody to teach us the way, how to do things the right way. There's a lot of people who don't have that luck. A lot of people are brought up in a poor area. They have a single household, single parent household. And maybe they even one the one parent is not not well and doing wrong things. They go to high school. They're getting beat up. Threatened, a kid might be getting beat up or threatened to get shot or anything like that. You can't focus on your studying. Don't look at that from our angle, because it's very easy to look from our I'm not making every excuse in the book for it, but don't look at it from our angle where we get up in the morning and mom made food for us. And we go to the bus stop and we go to school, we go to a Catholic school or whatever it might be. And we're kind of coddled by our parents. It's a completely different situation. It's hard for one of us to relate. It kind of reminds me of when I remember Nathan one time was talking about we're talking about whether Christians should leave Iraq or not. And he had come in from lifetime and was drinking a seven dollar smoothie and saying, yeah, they definitely should stay there. It's easy from our perspective, living in a cushy environment of how you can easily lift yourself out of a situation, but it's not as easy as you think.
0: Well, I mean, if if I had a family and I moved single parent
3: Mm -hmm.
0: on the east side of Detroit and I have infant children and you gave me 10, 15 years to live out there, I guarantee you they'd have a chance and they'd do everything right. But
2: that's because you had the right upbringing now before you got there. It's it's,
0: from the beginning.
2: It's it's not easy, it's like you think. It's all about
0: parenting. It's not regardless just, if it's one or two. It's all about parenting.
2: It's about parenting, but it's also it's about, about being. It's about being in a difficult. In it's about being in a difficult environment too. You have okay. to understand. Not every situation is the same. Not every human is the same. Omar, what do
1: you think? I agree with you. So, having said that, are you saying that there are not uh, that that they don't have the resources to lift themselves out of that niche or out of that uh, you know? The, the impoverished state they don't have the resources that steve thinks they do
2: i think there's res—there's a lot of things available but i also think there's not enough people educated on how to take advantage of those resources how to get scholarships how to do things and a lot of it too is about the influence around you in the neighborhood if you're look no matter what you tell me if you're a 16 year old kid and if you're living in a single parent home and your mom's not really looking after you, but then your buddy down the street is is doing something stupid. Has got a ton of money, driving a nice car. Aren't you gonna? That will get into your brain and make you think about doing some things you shouldn't be doing.
1: But and so you you said uh, your mom's not looking after you. That's kind of what Steve's talking about in terms of parenting.
2: No, no. He of course it comes down to parenting, but I'm saying the environment that you're surrounded with makes a huge difference on you know what you're going to come out at as a, as a person the environment makes a big difference omar you know and i know uh a lot of times even with besides the parenting how about the friends you get caught up with oh so sure you could have a great parent but if you're in a bad environment and you have bad friends that surround you because you're surrounded by a lot of that stuff in general on an everyday basis it will infiltrate your system
0: bad friends doesn't always mean bad parenting just to no, I didn't
2: say it's bad parenting. I, mean, I said you could have and, good parents and, and bad, bad friends. friends
0: in every city around around the world.
2: Well, look at the people here in our area that have a ton of money yet. Yeah. It, they're, I'm going to flip. The, I'll flip the script uh, on a different just without the violence. Look at the failure on our side of town with parents who have a ton of money and let their kids allow their kids to get, uh, you know, implants and plastic surgery at a young age and do a lot of uh, do a lot of. You know, hardcore drugs. I mean, look at the show last week we were talking about or last two weeks ago on heroin use going on in our community where we have money. We have the parenting. We have everything. It's so hard to control anything. Some of the stuff is under the radar, but is every bit as bad as what's going on. And it just without the violence.
0: Well, if you're running at an officer with a hammer, expect the worst. If you're going to sit here and trash talk an officer and resist arrest, expect the worst. If you're gonna sit here and rob someone, expect the worst. That's a different. That's a, you, but you're talking about a different thing. We're talking about first
2: the their worst. environment they come up with, but this is different. You're right. With the police, absolutely the brutality. If you come I after, know. if you come after a cop with a hammer, if you you point it's a gun like at him, worst. things are gonna go wrong. There's no I'm choice I'm about sick it. Sick
0: of I'm sick of these Chaldeans that are on Facebook activists claiming that you know they know the inner city and and you know. They're the next Martin Luther. I mean, I just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Martin Luther. No, I, I'm not trying to be Every funny. situation is unique.
2: Do. Every situation is unique because you can't say because one guy pulled a hammer on the cops and, and then that. another I, guy gets into a chokehold and dies. You yeah, can't compare those two situations.
0: I understand that. Chokehold dies. The guy was selling cigarettes. Sir, big stop deal. Cigarettes. It is a big deal when he's done it's, it thirty times. Look, if that guy was in front of your store selling cigarettes thirty times and he told him to leave, and this guy was on your mind and 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 ruining your business, and 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 finally, like he res- resisted arrest, and then he, you know, he passed away because of resisting. You think you'd be like, oh man, that's wrong. No, you, you and you wouldn't hooray it. And that wasn't say, oh, that really happened. No, be like, you know what? You shouldn't have been freaking selling cigarettes. They told I him. I disagree. Times.
2: I disagree. First of all, in the inner city. There's not a lot for these people to. There's not a lot for people to do in the inner city. In case you haven't noticed, half of the parks are ruined. Hold on, I'm. This is this is fact. I'm not. This I can't make up facts. Okay. Half the parks are ruined, or uh, there's not really a lot places. There's not like a community place to hang out or somewhere to do things. A lot of people do hang out in front of stores. Do we dislike that? Absolutely. Did the guy deserve to die because he's selling a loose cigarette? Why are the Absolutely parks ruined. Hold on. Does he deserve to die because he sold loose sold cigarettes? No, Absolutely not. not. To die, but the cop should not have put him
0: resist arrest, He didn't resist. Behind your back. He d- oh, he didn't resist. The cop he put him, say, him in a chokehold. Why, choke you, why you want to arrest me? Why you want to arrest me? Put your hands behind your no angle. Arrest me. Why you want to Put your you hands behind about, your back, it's it's sir. Not, it's
2: not, it's Look, they didn't have right. to put you him know, in God a chokehold. New York, New York. They, they did not have to put him in a chokehold. They could have easily taken him down. He was not fighting. They could have taken him down and arrested him. So every situation's unique. No, shit happens is not nope. a guy dying. It, you don't, every situation is unique.
0: Well, so let me ask you. Think you think he meant me to ask... kill him? You think he said, you know what? I'm going to kill this when guy. When you put right a
2: guy now, in a chokehold and he's down. saying, I can't breathe, and you're five cops that can easily arrest a guy without choking him out, it's yes, it's on purpose.
0: Okay, Regardless if it's, it's on somebody trying not, to prove how tough they the are can take down, I can take down this huge guy. The
2: grand jury can be bought and sold.
1: Let me pose a question here. Does the media. Okay. Uh, According to to uh, you know uh, internet sources, all basically all sources agree there is not uh, any official release by police as to how many police have or do kill um, you know uh, criminals. Uh, I think I believe from what I was reading a a couple months ago, they want to start a program where you know departments are um, obligated to make that kind of report to the feds in terms of how many, uh, cops end up killing criminals. And so we don't really have any accurate stats or facts or reports. So we can only go by, um, what we hear through the media, what we read on the internet. So having said all this, does the, is the media exaggerating police brutality?
2: I don't think so. I mean, look, there's always, again, there's just like anything else, right? There's good cops. There's bad cops. There's good teachers. There's bad teachers. You can't control it because it's human nature that you're trying to control. And it's just human nature. There's good and bad in every every nationality. There's good and bad in every community. There's good and bad in every job. Right. So you can't control it. Of course, there's going to be police brutality. It doesn't mean that it's rampant. Right. It's a minority of people that take advantage of their power because at They're the end up anyway. Yeah, exactly. It was a power trip for them before they became a cop, or maybe that's why they became a cop because right. the power trip. You don't know. Right. It's like people that become a doctor for the right reason they want to help humanity and a doctor that just does it for the money. <laughs>
1: you know yeah, it's like the person who became a priest and becomes a pedophile. I don't believe the priesthood had anything to do with him becoming a pedophile. That was already in him before. Exactly. That's know? a great point right there, Omar. You know it's it's it is what it is so here's my thing the media the media is is hyper hyper uh
2: sensationalizing
1: sensationalizing police brutality the reality of it is this we know there is police brutality we know there is you know abuse by their power but I believe it's a minority and I would be willing to bet the more cops are killed by criminals than criminals are killed by cops
2: I totally agree with you I, I think it's a, a very Small minority that is that, you know, does the brutality, um, and I think it's, again, as the media sensationalizes things, it's like everything else, right? Here's a perfect example. When and again, I don't really don't care whether you're Republican, Democrat, or whatever. Perfect example is there was the. The Tea Party marched on Washington and there was like whatever it was, 100,000 or 200,000 people. The media completely ignored the event like it didn't happen. Again, I'm not for or against it or anything. I'm just stating a fact. Right. But then when George Bush was president, one lady went and, and protested the war in front of George Bush's house. And remember how many media trucks were there? When one person, single lady, protested because her son was in the forces and was killed. And they made a big media hoopla about one person camping out in front of George Bush's house. But this is the media. They can sensationalize. They could crop the photo and bring in the, you know, get rid of the backdrop that shows that it's empty around something. Or they can just ignore something completely and make you believe whatever they want to believe.
1: See, and here's what here's my thing. And I think here's what Steve was trying to allude to earlier. When you why is it that. People get all defensive when the cop kills the bad guy. OK, even though if he did do it on purpose, would they get as defensive, as protestful if the criminal killed the cop? It's highly unlikely. You're
2: you know? right. Like, I I totally agree when it when the
1: you know. OK, we know the cop is supposed to cr- kill the criminal
0: or if it's but, a black cop shooting a black victim. That gets swept under the rug. Or if it's a black person killing another black person. That's another one, too. Or if it's a, or a drive-by shooting. Or if they're selling drugs in the community. Or or if they're smelling, selling smack. Or if they're abusing women having abortions. And that happens with every community. But you have to understand... Not everything is uh, rainbows and butterflies when it comes to bru- police brutality. And it's a shame if two, two people get pulled over, get dragged out, and get beat up for no reason. They were good kids, good college kids, going to school the whole shot, and they get beat up. Yeah. That's just a shame. But and that can happen to anybody. Cops, they
1: get killed by the 10 the, the
0: criminals. Well, how about the, the people that killed killed in stores and the people that get killed in bank robberies and the people that get killed in... in and, and drive-bys and, and, and jackings and, and whatever else you could think of that happens with every kind of race. So it's not something where you can say, oh, the parks are messed up, so they have nowhere to go, so they have to kill each other. No.
2: That's not what the I parks said. parks are messed
0: up that's, because that's they messed it up. That's so not what I said, a, If they can have a hundred of those, of those kids go and clean up a damn park in one afternoon, your park is nice now. Okay. That, that's not what he was
2: saying that's not what i was saying i mean taking what i'm saying out of context you, you doesn't said, help you anything you have nowhere to go they don't have anywhere to go know, because to first the of all first up. of all before you blame the people for not taking care of the parks it's the city's job to take care of the parks regardless they see here we go, go again it's, job. Job. It's, it, the so, so it's the city's so you gonna let me talk to or it, no he's gonna talk over me i understand but no no job. because if if you let a park here in West Bloomfield go and the city doesn't take care of it. It'll be nasty and have all the grass growing no matter what community you're in, because the community is not going to go take care of the park and do it themselves. There might be that rare occasion. Somebody will, I agree. but when the city is completely mean, broke, the city. the city completely got rid of bulk trash pickup. So if you want to get rid of tires and a refrigerator or anything else, guess what? They threw it behind the local grocery store because the city said, well, we're broke. So we're not getting bulk trash pickup. We're not going to show up to the scene of a crime and the, the the police chief says, I want all the citizens armed to protect themselves because the cops can't show up to a lot of stuff. And the parks are messed up because, you know, whatever reason, the city doesn't have the money to fix them. And we can't do this and that for you. You get what you get. You get what you get. And Mark, you, let me ask
1: you something. Yeah. Uh, having you know, you having said that this is a, an issue of poverty is a big issue in this in all of this. Right. Absolutely. So uh, what would be. uh in theory, what would be a possible solution that would start minimizing some of this? If, well, it, if it is based on poverty,
2: one of the solutions could be that the cities, instead of only worrying about the downtown area where they have conventions and that type of thing to actually worry about the areas where the citizens live. That's the number one thing, because you look. Detroit's a perfect example. You exit on 94 and Shane, you're in Afghanistan. You drive two miles up the road to Jefferson. You're like, wow, look how awesome it is. The stadiums are here and downtown's beautiful and stuff. Here's the problem. The people don't live where the downtown stadiums are. The people live on the other streets like Davison, like Linwood, like Finkel, like Dexter, and all those other streets. You have to make the environment good for the residents not just worry about attracting people from the suburbs who drive in and go home at the end of the day or a convention that flies in And flies out i understand that brings money to the cities but if you even stupid things putting down fresh sidewalks changing the lights and the lampposts that are all burned out throughout the whole city doing any kind of positive thing to help people that are living there helping their environment they live in does do some good for people police showing up when something goes wrong the reason that for example the guy who kept selling cigarettes and whatever and they said you have to leave and this happened that happened Half of that problem happens in the inner cities. Why? Because police don't show up. You're in the city and you call and nobody's there for three, four five hours. Now the situation escalates. Now the simple, stupid thing of a guy selling cigarettes in front of your store becomes a big, a big hoopla and a big, uh, you know, big problem between you and that person. And it gets physical. And then something seriously happens where it could have been diffused. If you called and the police showed up within 10, 15 minutes and moved the guy on, it's over with. It doesn't, it doesn't escalate into something that doesn't have to be.
0: Do you think there's a problem with, with police brutality?
2: Like Omar said, there's always a problem with abuse in anything, and it's minor a small amount. Absolutely. You know, that's like in anything.
0: Do you think African Americans are getting a fair shake in the last forty years after the movement? Forty, fifty years?
2: What do you mean have been given a fair shake?
0: I, have you do you think Civil rights for African-Americans have, have, have improved over the last 50 years.
2: Oh, absolutely. The opportunities are, are greater than ever. But forget about them. Any poor neighborhood, whether it be Hispanic, it doesn't matter what the race is. It could be our people from back home in a refugee area.
0: Do you think America has come a long way from the last 50 years? I mean, if you just absolutely drop the N-bomb on television, if you're a celebrity or or, or something like that. You're losing everything. You're losing your contracts. You're losing your friends. You're losing your respect. Everything. So, do you think society has improved as far as race relations, well, or do you point? think there's still point of up the n
1: part? Yeah, because well, my
0: my my point is, society as a whole, America as a whole, hasn't treated African Americans fairly. You know, over the last since the birth of this country. And, and and they were the ones that actually built this country and, and established this country and made it what it is they were the fiber and I don't care what anybody says that's a, the truth and and for them to be Christian and and believe in Jesus and everything that's a big plus in my book and we need we need everyone like that right I disagree now. I think in
1: the last 40 50 years they have become become treated quite quite well
0: Did that's not. what that's what i'm saying that i think it's 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 a lot better for them so for them not to take advantage of that it just puzzles my mind and it all stems from what the news the media outlets the radios what they let these uh, idols and people that that idol and worship you know these these singers and different things like that i believe it's the community that you know brings them in and cares about them and 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 well, maybe one of the issues is bad leadership within their community. I mean, how can how can you turn on WJLB any time of the day and hear songs about complete utter filth, you know, sex? But nine five five is like that too. Yeah, it well, is well, it's the same thing. How can any radio station play anything like that? And especially being an urban channel, you might get Swift, but on on the nine five five and things like that and, and different kind of genres, but when you listen to ninety eight, it's all sad. No, so what he's saying is drugs, that, it's, that it's actually money. It's, it's contributing actually, to these issues. Something somewhere is not letting uh, these these people progress in a way that they should be, because it really boggles my mind that all these athletes and stars and singers and everything like that. Never ever, I mean, there might be one or two, but they never ever take the time to improve their community as far as awareness. They might try, like Mace, I'm going to turn to God and stop rapping, and then boom, he's right back two years later singing about having sex. It's it just there's not enough. Like Diddy, what could he do with his influence? Dre, these people, what can they do with their influence as far as being in the limelight and say, Hey, look here, stop riding? Did you see Dre on TV? Did you see, you see what? Did you see Ray them?
2: Lewis? Come on! I got to give Ray Lewis credit. He got out there. And Ray he was... Lewis,
0: Ray Lewis, for him doing that was great. But the lady that went and smacked her son was even better, and yeah. she's nobody, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, but you're saying, but you're in one breath, you're saying like nobody's oh, doing nothing. Breath. Put an
0: Instagram post. Stop the riots, please. Have faith in you. The didn't
2: let me finish. I said in one breath, you're saying nobody's saying that. but then I say Ray Lewis, and you go, well, that's nah, nothing. At least he's saying something. He's not nothing. afraid to get up oh, there. You and know say what something. they
0: do. They put a Twitter. Hey, what's? it? can't believe what's going on. And in... you put a video up. You know, there's. You know, A I'm real poignant about, like, video. I'm talking about like regular people, like Kanye. Did he put something up? Like even Kim K. So many. They're people afraid.
2: Are look, they're afraid about backlash from their own community. I hate to say this. It's just like our community. You look, know. there's so many. Look at how many people are afraid so, to call well, this. Hold on. Hold, hold on. on. Just
1: look to, at just to ask both of you then. Yeah. With the, in In the terms of the backlash, uh, has Obama received backlash from his own community? Obama
0: always receives backlash. Okay, so community. why
1: wouldn't? So why wouldn't Kanye or anybody else? What makes you think they're more?
0: to Well, Obama did say something he got on TV, you know, and and everyone else under him says something. But, you know, back to what Mark was saying as far as maybe a conspiracy theory, I mean, you could think of, you know... There's no conspiracy theory. A a militarization of police, you know, uh, maybe something else is brewing in the horizon and we need things shaken up inside eternally as well, you know, something, you know... Or,
2: you know what, another thing that would make uh, the police less brutality happen, if... You know, again, I'm not trying to upset anybody, but if they made him get like a a, a degree, like a two-year degree or whatever, because it's six, what six months in the academy you become a policeman. Maybe if they made him get a two-year degree, there's more to lose if you've gone through I mean, and West got
0: Bloomfield. They make you, they make you have a a bachelor's, which area. is
2: good. which we don't have a problem yeah. really with police brutality. West as Blomfield, far as
0: inner-city kids having that uh, uh, motivation, I think maybe Detroit should set up some kind of fund where, hey, if you you know go through K, th- you know K through eight and 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 finish and get a degree you know there'll be a you know 25 30 40 thousand dollar bonus sitting there waiting for you and you know everything will be paid as far as your college and everything there's some kind of motivation i think i think something like that and if you want the same thing go to detroit schools you know and just something so, like that would would really help kids you know so they need something to motivate them a job something you know there's no jobs in the city okay and it's so, the worst. Hold, on,
1: hold on so based on what you were saying earlier in terms of the music mark of course you are a, a, you know, musician and mm-hmm. uh what what are your thoughts? Is the music today contributing in any way to these social issues?
2: Absolutely. I mean and you gotta remember these guys a lot of the lyrics, I mean look at the these rappers that come out of these areas, they're they're just talking about what happens in the hood. I mean it's not like they're your lyrics, Omar, you know and I know the lyrics in the FYI, songs
0: Tupac talks about what happens in the hood. Two chains doesn't None of Little Wayne does not No one talks about what's happening in the hood anymore. Those rappers are gone with the '80s and '90s. So. Okay, can I
2: finish? Uh, basically, they still talk about what happens in their environment. That's the that's the environment they lived in, they came out of, and they're talking about it. And you know what? That's maybe you can deny that or whatever. A lot of the hardcore guys that come out of there, this is what they're rapping about. This is what they experienced in life, and it's stuff that goes on in everyday life. And it is what it is. Just like with just like girls, a lot of female singers talk about how great love is, or they talk about wanting to annihilate the guy who cheated on them because that's their personal experience.
1: But actually, it's it even worse these days, Mark. The, the female singers are just talking about one night stands and
2: getting it on. Well, a- what's what's pre what's preached to you on TV now all the time? The more it's kind of interesting that it's, the more the promiscuity, promiscuity, the more promiscuity that's preached on television in every TV show and in every environment. It's getting, now. What do they do? Well, let's just put it in the song. Songs it sells. Let's put it in the music and sell it to people.
0: glorification. It's becoming terrible, and quite honestly, it spreads like wildfire. And at this point, it makes money, and it'll never stop. So,
1: so. since we've established that music can and does influence, uh, you know, these these social issues, do you, Mark? Do you think that? These artists like Kanye West or or Beyonce or all these these, uh, you know, these pop artists, if they did reach out and said, adamantly said, stop writing, can they influence people? Absolutely. These people, that's the thing.
2: This is my problem with people that are superstars is that they don't realize how much influence they have. And their attitude seems like it's always like, well, I got mine. I ain't got to worry about it instead of wanting to give back and say, hey, let me get some other people out of this situation. It's like, well, I got mine. Get out of my way. Look at Michael Jordan. He's a freaking billionaire. How come Michael Jordan is not out trying to tell people what, to, you know, to say, hey, guys, this is wrong. It's not the right way you guys are doing this. There's a lot of big – there's a lot of people that have a lot of money. Dr. Dre, there's another – I mean, a guy's a billionaire. He sold beats for a billion dollars or whatever. How come he's not out there promoting it? Right. I mean, Kanye's just worried about putting Kim Kardashian's butt greased up out on the Internet. But has he ever thought about doing something positive with all that money or anything or just – being a positive influence to the people around him. It's like, again, it's like every man for himself out there instead of trying to do something positive with their money.
1: And it's the irony of this, the irony of all this is what you're saying is the irony of it all is that here they are, right? one One of the communities in the country that has social issues and stereotypes to deal with, to overcome with the rest of the country. Some of their own members are becoming... Some of the biggest celebrities and stars and singers in the country. And yet they do nothing for their own community. Yep. And
2: and then the sadder part than that is that then you got a guy like who actually does do something to come out and speak about it. Bill Cosby, and he ends up getting accused of doing all the uh, date rape drugs on all these women. So (laughs) the one that does come out is allegedly doing something extremely wrong. And then the guys that have the money are not doing anything to to try and influence the situation. Believe me, if you got a coalition together of all these, you know, like I said, with, you know, Dre and whoever, all these Michael Jordan, all these high profile, you know, black celebrities that came out there and said, stop right now. I would guarantee you would stop. I would guarantee it.
0: They posted about police brutality. That would be great because then cops would say, you know what? This is spreading. And you know what? If Michael Jordan says police brutality has to stop they'll think twice and if if, if this person said that or or if a famous sports star that everybody loves or even an nhl hockey player that has nothing to do with the community says stop you know police brutality is wrong or something like that it'll make cops think twice to to step their boundaries and you know what it is messed up but in all reality it all starts when you're young and if you're not you know brought up right the right way if you're not willing to change your shitty ways before you're an adult 18 17 years old then you're just going to have major problems on your hands in your future and you know god bless the ones that do change and get struck you know with 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 a, a a good a good vibe and say you know what it's time to clean up my act god bless them and the ones that are continue to remain hopeless and feel like there's no one to help them and there's no way out what can i tell you you know this is what what's going to end up year after year and generation after generation. Someone needs to step up, and it's got to be the parents. It's got to be the parents.
5: Well,
1: parents and and also good community leaders. And here you have the these guys from their own community who are in probably some of the best positions to do some of this stuff, and they become they just become more self-centered. And there's the irony of it.
2: Yeah, or even like a guy like Magic Johnson. There's another guy, Magic Johnson. Uh, I mean, he he—that's one of the most successful businessmen out there in their community. I'd love to see him out there saying, "Hey, stop! This is how you bring yourself out of this."
0: Do you remember when Malice Green got his ass kicked? Yep. Remember Malice? Yep. Remember what his statement was?
2: Can't we all just get along? No, that wasn't Malice Green. That was Malice. Green. No, it wasn't. That was uh, the, in L.A. the riots with uh, Rodney, Rodney King. King? Rodney King. Malice Green was the one who was beaten by the Detroit police officers. That was with Coleman Young when he was yeah. Still. You're
0: right, Rodney King. Can we get all get along? You
2: know, just... I was in LA during that time. Were you? And two of my friends were on the force. Jeez.
0: Unbelievable. So were you around the riots at all?
2: It's funny. I graduated. They they had uh, beat Rodney King up, and then there was the trial going on. Then I graduated and came back to Michigan a month after I came back. The riots happened. In fact, at my school, everybody was locked in the school for like three days. Wow. Yeah. You guys couldn't go nowhere? Nope. Couldn't go nowhere. Musician Institute. It was off of Hollywood and McCadden. All the kids were locked in the school. They wouldn't let them leave. What about food and water? Well, they, had, they have a cafeteria there, so they had some food and oh. stuff.
3: Oh, man. But, That's
2: yeah, I don't know. I just don't. Uh, I mean, just violence begets violence, man. And, yep. You know, yep. an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth page. just don't work. Yep. But. I don't know if it's gonna change. The sad part is, I don't know if it's gonna change. And as long as you hit the hard part with social media is the people that want to incite stuff can incite it in a second with social media.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it don't. It only takes one mesh to start a forest fire. Yep. You know, and uh, that's that's unfortunately that's the way people's nature works. You know, it's uh, it's way easier to incite something than it is to quell it. You yeah. know.
2: Especially these days, like I said, man, social media, it's amazing how stuff just flies on there in half a second.
1: Yep. And then, you know, these guys could be using it for more positive stuff and to, to contribute to the country and the society. But, like I said, they're just, they're, their road makes them more self-centered, more selfish. They don't really care. You know? I mean, I'm
2: not sure if there's, a, to be honest with you, I don't even know if there's a solution. Until the leaders within the community step up, I don't think there's a solution.
1: No. No, it, it's uh, and and the the here's the bigger problem. You figure like, you know, Ferguson and now um, now uh, Baltimore, and you gotta wonder what's next because it's like once one event starts this stuff, it just spirals faster after that.
2: Yep. Once the precedent set, look look what happened in the Middle East with all the revolutions.
5: It's what like happened s- in
1: this country with school shootings? I mean, in the 90s, yeah. you had one, maybe, couple. All of a sudden, in the 2000s, it just started, you know, picking up more.
2: School shootings, bomb threats, all this. It's like you get all these copycat crimes.
1: Or how about the, the-, the theater where the guy was masquerading as Batman and wanted to kill people? Remember that? Oh, yeah. I okay. believe. I think it's trials on now. Yeah, You know? So, I mean, it's, it's... That, that's what I mean. So, <clears throat> Ferguson started the ball rolling. Baltimore continued it. And what's the next one gonna be? Yeah, you hate to ask it and you hate to think it, but yep. what is the next one gonna be?
2: And how do you rebuild your name? The thing I don't understand is how do you burn how do you burn down the things that are in your own neighborhood? I mean, you're it's bad enough you don't have a, like you may not have access to a lot of things, and then you're you're getting rid of, of businesses that are important.
1: Yeah, it's it's I mean, and like you said, it's in your own neighborhood. Yeah. He's like, what are they thinking? I'm gonna show these more you know.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna show myself. <laughs> burn down my own house.
1: Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm
2: gonna burn down my own. Yeah, house. it's like.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm get gonna
2: them. show them what's up. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, again, it just makes no sense to me, but it's still happening.
1: You know, it's uh, it's, it's crazy out there. It's. Uh, I I was, you know, Mark. I don't know if you agree with this or not. I know you and I have talked about this before um, in a different context, but 25 years ago, man, when I was growing up, if I would have known what the world was going to be like 25 years later, I don't think I'd have had the heart to grow up.
2: Well, it's the old saying uh, there's a post I always see, it says, don't grow up, it's a trick. <laughs> so, you know? <laughs> but you know again as you gain as you get older and you gain perspective you have to learn more how to deal with things because when you're young the the world's a great idealistic place where the sky's the limit and then as life hits you you start to like say okay well there there's there's a boundary there there's a boundary there and then the sad part is you go too far the other way and box yourself in and you forget about forget about things in your life you want to accomplish you forget about dreams you forget all, about all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you got to kind of come to that compromise as you get older and realize that, hey, there's still a lot of opportunity for me. I just have to know where to step, where to go, find your path and stay on it.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with you. But um, just for the sake of conversation and uh, my own curiosity to hear your perspective, uh, do you do you think, you know, comparing to what we were where we were at 25 years ago, that generally speaking, has society or. You know, has the world deteriorated?
2: You know, it's so difficult. I'm going to give you a great example of how it's hard. It's very easy to focus on the negative and delete the positive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perfect example. Our Kellyanne community. I'll give you a great example. You could say we've deteriorated because the, the divorce rate is higher on the flip side. We have 20 times as many priests as we've ever had and more people ending, you know, more entering the seminary and more becoming nuns, the monastery. It's just so how do you really determine whether it's better or worse? Omar, is it just different? You know, I don't know. I really don't know how to determine that because there's a lot more. Think about the positive, Omar. When we were kids, not every, I mean, the the sheer numbers of our community now that goes to church every single week and is involved with the church is amazing. So what would you what's your determination on that?
1: Well, I think we we I mean back in the 80s, how many of us were there here? Maybe 50,000? Would you say? I don't know what the actual number was. It's hard to say, but I mean I know we've multiplied a lot. We're at about 150 now. You know, from I mean, you I guess it's possible with the influx of refugees and whatnot that let's I guess we could have started in the know maybe where we had a hundred thousand in the 80s or where we had 50,000 but I guess my point by saying is since we were less we had you know that there's going to be less less priests but now that we're more here you know it, it only makes sense that you'd have more priests just because we have a larger number but I also see um I see a lot of you know you talk about more churches more this more that but man regardless of people going to church dude okay so let's say compared compared before to now let's say before you had actually okay i believe the bishop told me that out of all the community this is going to be a surprising number and this is he told me when, when when he was father frank he said out of the entire community which is about 120 150,000 he said, would you believe only 7% attends church right now? Yeah. He told me this about maybe four years ago,
2: man. That seems awfully low, man. Cause when I go to church, it is jam packed every single week.
0: Well, for well, your what's, mathematicians, that's what's 10, 7% out of 150,000, 10,500.
1: I mean, that would kind of make sense in a way.
2: I don't know if I believe, ah, man, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's amazing to me. Well, put it this way for, forget about even the sheer numbers, when we were kids, it's like mom had to drag you in by the ear. It was all the older people that were in the churches, and they weren't full. But now the youth, the the amount of youth that is at the church, and how many are involved in Bible study, and how many are involved in extracurricular activities of the church, to me has is, is amazing in a beautiful way. Like,
1: well, let's let's do some simple math. Okay, we have ten churches in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Let's say on average, the chur- the churches between all their masses. Let's say each church gets three thousand people. That's thirty thousand people. What's what percentage is thirty thousand out of one hundred fifty
0: thousand? That's that's actually um, 20 percent. Because if thirty goes into five five times, that's one fifty. So it's twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's
1: that's good.
2: That's a good amount, to be honest with you. That's a pretty yeah, good amount. It's,
1: it's good. Um, but. I still think think um, it was probably close, you know, to the same before because we were, remember we were smaller. I mean, we were smaller in number. But think
2: about it; even with a smaller number, it was like how many years without a priest? Like thirty years.
1: Yeah, but there was there were still going to American churches though. Yeah,
2: but I'm no no. I'm saying without like a a priest, somebody becoming a priest out of our community it was like thirty years.
1: Okay, but back then, I mean, if divorce right now is at twenty percent, back then it was at. Maybe 3%. Yeah. Well, so, I have,
0: um, <clears throat> back to the brutality issue, I have a short clip I'd like to play from a lady that posted her rant, African American lady posted a rant on YouTube today. And they got, you know, a million, oh, 1.5 million likes and views in like 30, 40 minutes. It was the uh, most unreal thing. I want, you mind if I play a couple minutes of it, Omar? Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Sitting
5: here watching my TV. I'm watching these little black ghetto bastards tearing up stores, tearing up their neighborhood, all in the name of what? Police brutality? All in the name of who? Freddie Gray? Give me a break. I'm sitting here watching these, these. These little black bastards in these fancy suits—they—they they get on CNN talking about well, um, the youth, they, the what they doing is—is—is is, is based on a, a a larger problem, larger problem. My ass! I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is the people who raising them. The people who raising them are not putting a foot so far up their ass that they wouldn't even know what looting is. A lot of these little black bastards, little ghetto bastards, they're being raised by ghetto parents or ghetto uncles and aunts. I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem right now. I'm not talking about Jim Crow time. I'm talking about right now. The problem right now is black people, they are seriously misinformed. They are seriously confused. They're letting their sons, especially their sons, they're protecting their sons while their sons go out and commit crimes and their sons got a place to lay their goddamn heads. Our neighborhoods are dumps. You know why it's dumps? Because little black bastards, they in there. They involved in gang activity. They involved in uh, selling drugs. They involved in robberies, robbing people of their phones. Just doing all kind of shit. And then they got a place to go and run home to. Because auntie or mommy or grandma go and protect their ass.
1: Okay. I mean...
5: Not tell you what. That's, well,
0: good that's good enough.
1: I mean, she didn't say anything really insightful.
0: It's just three, four more minutes. It gets better. But the point is, like I was saying, it needs to start at home. whether like a, whether it's one or two or 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 grandmas or aunts or or grandpas, it needs to start at home. And that's the only way. That's that's going to happen. Mark, a lot of us turned out good. Little, uh... a lot of us turned out well, right? Because we had our grandparents. We had the foundation. Yeah, we were our our that were like our mothers. a little bit of that little bit of And they have all that, too. It's just that everyone's doing of stupid. And it could a of a lack of jobs. could be a lack of this, lack of that, lack of parks You know what always got me
1: is why? why? do they go and deliberately have kids? Bring them into this world and then elect to just
0: walk away and not give a crap.
1: I mm. <laughs> mean, it's like, what are you doing? You know, one time well, I was. It's a difference was...
0: between your bridge card going from one fifty to fourteen hundred.
1: Listen, listen, I'm listen. I, I'll never forget this. My first semester at OCC, right after I, I graduated high school in um, nineteen ninety, I was class of ninety. Okay, so in the fall of ninety, I started OCC. I had a class called. Um, uh, marriage and counseling or something. I don't, I don't remember what it was. Marriage and something. Okay. Marriage and family. Okay. They were showing a videotape. Okay. And, and they were talking about these, these communities and these impoverished. They interviewed a black guy who had six kids from four different women. Whoa! Listen. Here. It gets better. They said to him, why are you doing this? What is your motivation? Do you know what he responded to them? He said, to me, it's art.
0: I mean, I get it. I get it in a way. If he Maybe if he was with one woman and he wanted six, seven children, fine. But, but here's the thing. On, he wasn't you know? even
1: taking responsibility for them after he was having them. But he had the nerve to say, for me, this is art.
2: Yeah, the sad part is not even that guy. The sad part is these kids that are grow up without somebody there. Right. That's the worst part. The, the kids are innocent. They have nothing to do with it. But they're going to be thrown into an environment where they're going to be jaded for yeah. their life.
1: And so, when you have attitudes like that, how much of that can you blame on poverty?
0: You can't. You can't. You can't, Omar. You know, there's always a way out. I don't care who you are. You put your mind to it, wherever you're at. It's not like you you live. People in Detroit live 10 minutes from Southfield. 15 minutes from, you know, Gross Five minutes from, from Macomb County. I mean, it's just... You, you have to put your resources in play. You have to be the parent that says, you know what? If you go to school, you're going to get an education. You're going to make money. You're going to do the right thing. Everything's going to work out for you. I promise you. And I'll do everything in my power to make sure you get there. I'll work six jobs. Just make sure you keep your nose clean. If you see this kind of behavior, the, 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 the good times family model, you know, that's how African-Americans so, work. James okay. Evans, man, best uh, TV dad ever. They were like that. They had a picture of
1: Jesus on the wall, yeah. the whole show was unreal. So, Steve, let me ask you a question. Since you're focused on the parenting, and, and this is one of the one of the biggest, if not the biggest reason in all this, right? Let me ask you something. I know people who are elder, I mean, they're like in their 30s, 40s, who have walked around, you know, some like they blame their misfortunes on their parents. My parents didn't raise me up, they didn't give me this opportunity. Where when does the point come in somebody's life? When, you know what? Don't blame your parents at this point. Shut the hell up. Take responsibility for your actions, and if you did wrong, suffer the consequences.
0: Well, the only reason why I'm saying or this.
1: or do you continue for the rest of your life
0: uh,
1: blaming the parents, and so it makes what they do kind of just uh, understandable Omar, or justifiable.
0: Omar, obviously, there's a cutoff. The reason why I'm talking about parents is because ninety-five percent of those looters were high school students, and it came out. And a lot of them were caught on video, so that's another debunking gear myth as far as being busted. But they were actual citizens of the. Of I the think area. some, but I, I do they're think residents of the area. But I think a lot of them are incited by people. I don't know. There's something behind this. Something inciting. is behind. It. Something's behind it's this. Behind, it's, it's there's just, something behind it. You know. And then they say, oh, how about you know when the when the when whites riot or sports fan riot? Okay, fine. But they're not sitting there trying to kill people. They're just burning shit. You know? Come on. You know,
3: they I mean, that, that doesn't
0: justify it either. Though, that's man. fine. I understand <laughs> that, but it's a joyous emotion. It's it's like laugh. It's like crying when you're happy. It's like the same. I'm thing. so happy. I'll burn you this know. police car. Yeah, well, and throw somebody know. through a window. Hey, the tigers. The last time the tigers won was '84. That's the last time we have kind of seen that kind of behavior around. Bubba. Real quick, we want
1: to uh, once again thanks, uh, thank Marilyn for the great, great sweets. Thanks, Mark, for bringing them by. Delicious. Uh, again, if they want to contact Marilyn uh, and, and buy some of these desserts or hire her for an event, Mark. Oh, shop so sweet at yahoo.com. Shop so sweet at yahoo.com. Yep. As always, we want to urge everybody to visit www.helpyourrock.org. Donate, help out. Uh, there's also a fundraiser that. Uh, groups uh, teach that's the education group. Uh, is hosting on uh, Friday, May 15th. Um, it's going to be at Regency Manor. It's called Evening Between Two Rivers. Uh, get out there and support if you can, please. It's very important. 100% of the proceeds go to helpirock.org. Uh, that's again, that's Friday, May 15th. Uh, contact any one of us here uh, at the Nadi. Uh, message us on Facebook if you want tickets. Uh, we can get tickets. Be sure to support. It was a great conversation. Guys, thanks for for everything. Thanks
0: Thanks for having me on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you in two weeks. God bless, everybody.
1: God bless.
2: See you then.